Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor, thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book, Happiness Through Hardship, a guide and journal for cancer patients and their caregivers. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including the one with Trent Eigner, who talks about his mental and physical transformation. Or last week's with the safety mom, Kimberly King, who shares how to talk about difficult emotional topics with our kids. Now, if you like these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. And now for this episode, I am so excited to introduce you to Nadiva Monroe, a mother of three, an accountant, and a metastatic breast cancer survivor who's dealt with weight challenges her whole life. Then, after her second diagnosis, she took charge of her wellness. She lost 50 pounds and gained a thriving lifestyle. On this episode, she shares her story and some tips that helped her along the way. So please, grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Nadiva Monroe, a mother of three, an accountant, a six-year breast cancer survivor and thriver who is just filled with such beautiful light. And as those with cancer, as well as many other chronic diseases know, sometimes we are put on medicines or undergoing various treatments that will cause weight gain. And so many times, I know this from experience as the patient, we already feel rotten physically and really don't want that mental anguish to kick in when we see the pounds on the scale creep up. And so I saw Nadiva. I actually started communicating with her online because she's also a metastatic breast cancer patient. And I was thrilled to see her success story in terms of her overall wellness and taking care of herself. Now, I know that she's been dealing with, we'll say, weight challenges for years. And so she's going to talk to us today about how she took charge of her wellness after her second breast cancer diagnosis. Nadiva, it is so nice to finally connect with you. I know we've been following each other throughout the years and we are finally together and welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here to talk to you today. And thanks for that beautiful introduction. Oh, well, you are. I really, really, like I said, I, I, we've been following each other. And that that's what I think for all of us out there, especially in the last year, but if not for many of us more so, you... When bad things happen, you, like us, you get diagnosed with cancer. It is a beautiful thing to be connected to a community of people. Whether that's a community of people online that you've never met, they just, under, you and I understand things. We don't even have to talk about it, that others may not. And so I've really enjoyed this positive connectivity that we have. 
And, you know, hopefully some days we were talking before this, she's out um, in Colorado, as is my uh, my sister. So maybe there will be a day that we get to meet in person. That would be lovely. And, you know, you have boys, I have a boy. It's just, um, it would be really fun. But let's just jump in here. I want to open it up and I want you to share your story in your words. So tell us a little bit about you and your challenges with weight and how you then decided to, as we said, take charge and move it in another direction. Yes. So I'll start off, I've always been a little um, overweight or what society would call overweight. Um, most of my life, most of my adolescent and um, going into you know high school and my adulthood. And then I started having um, children and just never really um, took charge of the wellness part of my life. Um, just kind of was very busy being a mom and making sure that my children's um, needs were met and not necessarily my own. And so what I call that is um, neglect and it was self-neglect. I didn't realize it at the time, but it's very clear to me now. Um, And then I was diagnosed in 2014 with breast cancer. Um, And so I went through all the treatments with that. Um, I had a double mastectomy. I had 16 rounds of chemotherapy. Um, I had some reconstruction done after my mastectomy and all of my other treatment. So I went through all of that. And after that, I was like, "Woo! like, yes, I'm good. I'm going, I'm moving forward with my life. I'm done with cancer. And um, I did. I did that for five years. I I did a few things for my wellness, but I still didn't take charge. And I still wasn't neglectful as how I look back at it now. Um, And so I went ahead and decided, you know, um, I was going to my five-year appointment um, when they kind of release you back into the world and say that, you know, yeah. you have a remission. <laughs> and I did the blood work and was heading back to work. And all of a sudden, my my chart, which is my patient portal, started dinging me. And I looked at my blood count results for my tumor markers, and they were extremely high. And um, I actually work in research in cancer um, finances, does do finances for research. Um, research clinical trials. And so I know lots about tumor markers outside of my own experience with um, breast cancer, my own health experience. So I knew when those numbers were coming in that they were high. Um, And so I panicked immediately. And sure enough, it kind of went downhill from there with my oncologist calling me and saying, oh, I'm really worried and, you know, about your tumor markers. So we need to do scans. And we got the scans and the results showed that I did have some um, metastatic Um, spots on my bones. So um, she said, you know, that is stage four, you know, and we moved on with that. I had to have a biopsy on my hip. And so, um, yeah, it kind of just went downhill from there. But what I knew at that time was, you know, with it being in my bones and the medicine that they were putting me on um, would affect my joints as well. And that just carrying extra weight um, just wasn't going to be ideal for, for my future um, and trying to continue to beat the beast. So, um, that's when I took charge of my, my wellness and decided to um, move forward with that. So here you are, you get this diagnosis and I, we don't need to go down that route. Cause I think you and I both know that there are very dark days there and that's for another conversation, but you decide then you're going to extra weight is going to be harder on your joints. This medication, I get that. What are the steps that you take? Because wellness can be so broad and losing weight can be so daunting. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly how I felt. I felt completely overwhelmed. 
Um, but I just knew I needed to do it. So I dove right in. I started following people like you, um, which I was already following you before. But I mean, I started really diving in to kind of see what other people that were successful um, were doing to change their wellness. And like you said, wellness is I find my wellness, not just my weight, not just what I'm um, putting inside my body, but as well as my mental health and wellness yeah, um, and right. my spiritual health and wellness is extremely important for my overall journey. And so, but for me, the, the first thing to attack to me was putting good things in my body and taking away some of those bad things um, that maybe I was consuming and putting into my body. And then just to be active, because being active helps with all of those traits that we are, that I was looking to try to fix um, within myself. So um, that's kind of what I thought I'd start with. <laughs> um was so did you did you go oh sorry no please go ahead I was gonna say did you go cold turkey on changing what you were eating and then all of a sudden adding exercise to the mix yes but it overwhelmed me so I I go into that a little bit if you'd like um I would love it because I (laughs) think these these stories really are they're just so real and every one of us comes from a different place even if we have similar diagnosis or just bad things going on. So I'd love for you to jump in. Yeah. So what I was thinking was, okay, I need to change, you know, cause I see everyone, you know, okay, yes, we understand the plant-based or, or vegan. I'm none of those. I mean, I'm plant-based focused and not so much vegan. And, and I learned that cause I was thinking, oh, I need to go vegan. You know, everyone's going vegan. Yeah. That's what I need to do. And then I also determined that, okay, no, it's actually plant-based is where I really need to be. And I do the 80, 20, um, because plant-based is I'm giving myself all these good things and nutrients that I need where we know that there's some things that are vegan that are just not healthy for you either. And yeah, they, right, right, right. And so I didn't learn that at first. I was just starting looking up all this vegan stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's like, you know, there are a lot of recipes and stuff that I can still have, which you can too with plant-based. But with vegan, I was didn't realize, you know, some of the, um, some of the things that were still very processed and not good for me to be putting into my body. So I had to switch that focus to where, no, I need to put more whole grains and more um, non-processed so things from the earth and, you know, that I need to put in to my body to help make it an unhealthy environment for cancer to thrive. Um, so I was just trying to figure all that out. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm researching, but I also did go to cold turkey into it. Just jumped right out. I stopped dairy. I stopped meat. I stopped, you know, alcohol. I stopped everything cold turkey. And then I did um, run myself crazy. <laughs> and I didn't realize then I started to lose weight immediately. And I did. So I was like, oh, whatever I'm doing must be working. And then I started fitness. I got a treadmill and I started on my treadmill. And, you know, I did start losing weight right away. And um, I was like, okay. But then I also found myself very unhappy. And I also found myself some days I was like, well, what am I supposed to eat? You know, and so I got to the point where I only was having, you know, maybe just like a smoothie and a handful of nuts or something just because I was like, well, what do I have? And I got overwhelmed with the recipes and all of these things. And so um, it actually turned on my mental a little bit, too, because I started getting feeling a little depressed, like, wow, I really want to beat this beast. And I know that all these things that, you know, I'm going to be taking is going to actually make me gain weight and not be good for my bones. So I want to do the right thing for my body. I want to be here for as long as I can be. But at the same time, like I need to find a mental and a and a diet as something that, you know, my nutrition, I need to find a balance there. And that was probably about six months in where I just said, okay, well, let me try to balance this out a little bit. And so that's kind of where I was at with that. And I, I my jaw is dropping here because 
that is similar to how I felt as well. I made my lifestyle changes, especially the eating cold turkey. And like you said, I started vegan and I was vegan for a few years. However, I will say that I did I did go into it knowing a lot about ingredients and whether it was like the nutrition class I took in college or my son having food allergies has kind of helped me better understand ingredients in different products. And so it was easier for me to realize, okay, it's not just about being vegan. It's about, as you said, whole foods, plant-based eating and getting all these nutrients that my body, like, yeah, maybe I had chocolate covered strawberries, <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I lived in that you know, when, when everything was about being fat free, like I grew up with that. And so through my young adult life, I wasn't, yeah, I would go get a salad at a restaurant. Maybe if I was trying to keep it, you know, get in a bathing suit, but I was totally okay eating a lasagna lean cuisine that maybe was veggie and not with meat, but it was still really processed. And so I agree with you. It's Really, when you're looking to whether it's lose weight or like we were trying to fuel our body and help it heal is getting those. Some people say it's go to the grocery store aisle and go to the, you know, on the perimeter. Yes. Or just getting whole foods in there. And my, I would say, um, well, let me ask you, are there any like secrets of success now when it comes to the food that you would share with people? So, for me personally, um, like you said, I, I found that I'd probably eat less of even junk or, you know, processed things once I did start adding in lots of more vegetables and lots more fruit. And also this also came about, we all know, um, is around the COVID time. So when I was just getting comfortable with being able to go to the grocery store and just load yeah. the fresh uh-huh. fruits and vegetables, everything was closing down. And of course, you know, being immunocompromised, I couldn't get to this, you know, I wasn't, right. wasn't recommended that I get to the store and those types of things. So I did have a lot of frozen stuff. A lot of, I go to Costco and to this day, I still go to Costco and that's where I get all my organic frozen stuff for my smoothies and my frozen yeah. vegetables yeah. just so that I have them on hand that if I can't get to the store to get the fresh that I could have the frozen. Um, and so that's kind of some things that I do. The, um, I saw my first thing was sauteing veggies, like just getting onions and garlic and herbs and my favorite vegetables and then adding, you know, a little bit of olive oil and lots of some seasoning. I don't use salt. I have high blood pressure. And so I've have I've eliminated a lot of salt and sodium um, from my diet even prior to um, this diagnosis. So I don't use that, okay. but I do use other seasonings and fresh um, herbs. And so that was my first thing is just kind of doing that and adding in quinoa and doing brown rice and those types of things. And that's what, that would be my meal, lots of beans and stuff like that. And making sure that I rinse, if I do canned beans, that I rinse them. And all this, those are the things that were easy for me to get a bowl of food that was full of nutrients um, and that I felt satisfied and that tastes like something. Yeah, (laughs) you, um, (laughs) this is so fun for me because I love talking about this people and I was one of the disbelievers like way back when I'm like oh you know I I love my pizza too much or I love this I love that I found that the other day (laughs) you'll laugh at me we were going to my son's baseball game and they have these double headers and then maybe a third game so we're basically on the road all day so I prepare I do the best I can if not the night before or that morning and I had a bunch of quinoa that was already made and a bunch of vegetables that were already chopped up. So I threw them in this quinoa salad and I used a little bit of this, uh, I will say it, this miso dressing from Trader Joe's. 
And I don't usually use a lot of soy. Here and there I do, and miso is comes from a soybean. Right. So just side note on that. But it, but it was really good, and I hadn't used it before. I ate mine and my husband's. <laughs> it was like you're – now, mind you, it wasn't like it was that crazy much, but um, but point being is, is sometimes when you change your eating habits, you find you really like – there was beans in there, there was – fresh cut up vegetables. There was this new dressing that I thought was really good. That was a treat for me. And then I was filled because quinoa has protein and it's really filling. Yes. And those are the things and the tips that I had to learn too about doing this because I wanted to feel full and I wanted to enjoy what I was eating too. Like, And that's where I, before where I had struggled and said, oh my gosh, I'm just, which I love my smoothies. But at the end of the day, I was like, that's not all I really want to Right. Be consuming. That's not good for me like to only, you know, have that. And so I was like, I have to start cooking some foods and, and not be overwhelmed by the ingredient list that some of the vegan recipes and stuff have. And that's where I started, you know, getting a little down, like, oh, I don't want to go get 500 ingredients to make yeah, one, right, <laughs> right. one meal. <laughs> oh, I totally get that. And okay, let's talk smoothies for a second. What are your favorite combinations? Like if there's if there's a go-to smoothie, what is it for you? So for me, mine is pretty simple. I do chia seeds. I do a half a lemon. I do a frozen organic um, combo that I get from Costco, and it has mango, pineapple, and strawberries in it. Um, and then I do some blueberries in there. And then I do about one to two cups of spinach because um, I that spinach, for some reason, is just my go-to. And so I yeah. put in all my fresh spinach leaves in there. Sometimes I'll buy the large thing of spinach as well from Costco because it's a lot cheaper. I get the organic spinach leaves, baby organic. Um, and then I'll just baggy them up and freeze them since they go bad so fast. I'll just baggy them up and do little freezer packs. Um, so it makes it easier. And then it's cheaper than me keep going and getting um, spinach from the grocery store at a little bit higher of a price. Um, and so the that was one of the tricks that I did too, is I'll just get the bulk and then I'll bag them down and freeze them. So that way they're just freezer packs are ready to go. I don't put my chia seeds in there. I don't do my lemon in there. Like that's always fresh when I'm ready to um, blend it. Okay. So I just put all the other stuff in there, bag it, and then I go ahead and when I'm ready to make it, then I'll just, and I add water to mine. I don't put, um, I don't use the almond milk. I do use almond milk. I just don't use them in my smoothies. I just honestly okay. do water. And then I do a half a lemon trying to get the vitamin C and stuff and that. And then um, I'll add chia seeds to mine. Sometimes I'll do some flax seeds too, but mine's pretty simple. I haven't gone to anything else. Um, I have a juicer that someone gifted me and I haven't used it yet. Okay. Um, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, I want all these things. And then I'm like, how do I use it? What do I do? How am I going to get, you know? And I've had- And then you have to clean I it. COVID. I haven't had, I haven't had a couple people are like, I'll come over, I'll show you, you know? And I just haven't yet. And I'm sure I could figure it out. But again, it's my own anxiety <laughs> that I say, oh my gosh, what is this? And what am I going to do with it? And the smoothies were just easier. So I was like, just going to throw all my stuff in there. Yes. And, you know, have my smoothie. So that's well, kind of what I, I I love this combination. I will try that. I am huge into smoothies as well. And to your point, I, I do like juicing and I have two juicers now. And that was just I wanted to, one actually juices wheatgrass, which I really don't like wheatgrass, but, uh, but that, that is why I, I, I got these and I've had them a number of years through the course of the years. So, uh, but it does take more time and there's a lot of different parts with the juicing. So you have to be, well, listen, if money grew on trees, you can get as many as you want, but since it doesn't, I, I think it, it, it's worth it if you're willing to be committed. If not to me, having an, a, a great high speed blender is to your point is, is 
you know, it's so easy. And I like the tip that you have to take your ingredients and, and prepack them together, even all the frozen ingredients, because all you do is, is you whip it out and you throw it in the blender. And that sounds super easy, which is great that you figured out what worked for you. <laughs> right. How about the instant pot? Do you use like a slow cooker or a, uh, you know, pressure cooker? I have an instant pot too. It's still in the box. <laughs> Now that is really easy. Uh, it's probably it probably will take longer for you to take it out of the box right. and clean it than it is to actually use it. But that's that's okay. Small steps. I will challenge you, though. You know, maybe by the summer we'll reconnect and you can let me know if you use it. I use it all the time. Yes, I've seen and you I, use it. <laughs> you, you, that, yeah, I like you. You've seen me use it because I do like. This one soup, I did it on Reels um, recently where uh, Instagram Reels, I'm just like, seriously, every few days I take whatever vegetables I have in my fridge or sitting on the counter and I throw them in the Instant Pot. I add water and I add Rayo's red sauce because I just think it, I, I love it and it has the seasoning in it already. And when it's done, I just use a hand blender and there I've got soup. And sometimes I'll throw grains in it. It's really beans in it. Yes. I actually saw that reel that you posted. And I said, oh, I need to pull out my Insta. <laughs> okay. That's a challenge. I'm challenging you. It's I so like that easy. <laughs> uh, it's so easy. And then you'll find like going back to the recipes. I, my husband laughs at me. In fact, even last night when I said, yeah, we're, you know, I'm going to make some fish for dinner. He's like, do you have a recipe, Karen? <laughs> and cause he knows I'll just like throw things in there and I, you know, he's honest with me. It doesn't always taste great. <laughs> and <laughs> so the Instant Pot, I, to me, I, I feel like there may be a handful of ingredients, some more than others, but all you're doing is like throwing them in the pot and letting it do all the work and it's easier to clean. So I think for all of those out there, I'm not just challenging you. I'm challenging everybody out there to find a few recipes that seem simple and easy going into, you know, spring, summer, fall, actually any year, all year round, I use it. It's just really helpful to make it, you know, when you, when you're feeding a number of people to try and give them, and you know, for me, it's always focused on nutrient based. So, all right. How about let's, um, I was going to say let's run towards, but that sounds really cheesy. Let's run towards your fitness regimen. Um, let, I'm, um, I tell the jokes. I'm just kidding. Um, I like them. Uh, well, th thank you. I So let's talk about, so you went cold turkey on the eating. What You said you got a treadmill. What did you do before versus what did you work towards when it came to fitness? I never did much. And that's where I go back to my self-neglect. Um, really, I didn't. I mean, I go to work. I did, I did work on a campus, university campus out here in Colorado. So that was most of just that was probably the most of my um, fitness activity was, you know, work, walking around campus to and from meetings, to and from my car um, and that type of thing. But honestly, I lived a, you know, um, a lifestyle where I really wasn't very active. Um, so where I started was simply by walking. And um, even at my um, other job, like I would take the stairs instead of the elevator. I would, on my lunch break, I got a Fitbit and that honestly does help me stay yeah. accountable and see what my steps are. And I can tell it buzzes me and lets me know I need to get up. Um, and that does, it helps me. I would get up, I make my bath and break, or I'd go take the stairs down to fill up my water bottle. And um, just those easy first steps of just being more active. I needed to drink more water. So the water, the water 
was downstairs, three flights down. So I'd take the flights down. I'd get my water. I'd come back up. I'd use, you know, put my water bottle up, walk back to the bathroom, do some more stairs up and down and come back wow. to the seat. And I would do that every time my Fitbit would buzz me. Um, that's how I started when I was at work in the office. Then I started, um, then I ordered a treadmill at the beginning of the 2020 and I have it up in our extra spare bedroom. And then I started walking my treadmill. Um, but soon after that, we got COVID and I started working from home and got a little down then too, because I was like, wow, I was doing so good being active and making sure yeah. I was walking and doing stairs at work. And that's just extra activity that I feel like I lose by working at home. Even with having the treadmill, um, I felt like, you know, I'm not walking to and from my car. I'm not walking to and from my meetings. I'm not as active. And so I just wanted to wanted to make sure that I kind of kept with that. Um, the treadmill I did four times a week. Um, and just did like a lot of cardio with the treadmill, but it was simply going from doing nothing to actually doing something that I just started feeling better overall too. And I was holding myself accountable, um, with that. Well, and I think that is, I love you had the Fitbit helped you be accountable, whether it was the water, whether it, which helped you run up and down the stairs. I think so many of us, not everybody, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people, people out there that can continue to be self-motivated, but I have found that if I have a friend to do whatever it might do, like we'll touch base. And even if she does gets on the exercise bike at a time when I don't, I know she's been on it. And so I, it'll motivate me to be like, oh, you know, I, I need to at least go out and walk. Yes. But what's interesting is even with us being home so much more due to COVID, I, it's amazing how much like less steps that we potentially are getting, right? right. Like I never saw, I, I, and I've worked from home for a while now, but I mean, my husband, it's embarrassing for maybe him and all of us, how like there are days that he jokes on, he's like, I don't even think I broke a thousand steps because you wake up, you go down to your office and, and you stay there. And, and, you know, that's when I say, maybe you should go walk the dog, right? <laughs> um um, so that has been, um, that's been the benefit on our side with, with all this is we did get a, a dog during COVID. So it's, it's kept, um, kept the Oh yeah, the dog is so bit. cute. I can't remember if it's a girl or a oh, boy, it's adorable. It's a boy. I know people, it's, thank you. Lucky, our little Cavapoo, who's actually in the room right now. You can't even hear him. He, I took him on a walk though before this, knowing that maybe he would be quiet <laughs> when we're talking, right? But now how do you, have you ever hit any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just obstacles that whether it was frustration or you're like, uh, whether it's the food or the, the fitness, I know sometimes I, I love my bike, my, my exercise bike, but I also sometimes I'm like, I'm not excited to go on it. Like how have you, has that happened to you and how have you muscled through? Oh, so absolutely. Uh, I would say like hit a plateau or yeah. So I did plateau, um, last summer and, I actually added in um, a, the intermittent fasting. Of, I do a 16-8 on that. And that's where I actually lost an additional 25 pounds um, was just eating within the that schedule. Um, so that's kind of where can, I was at with that. But that's Can our- you talk to us about intermittent fasting? I know I get a lot of questions about it and I know about it, but I'd love to hear your experience with it. Uh, I know some people also say that it's with some medications that you're on, it helps with that. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not an expert on it. I have followed, um, some functional, um, doctors and I've heard that it's, so my oncologist doesn't necessarily, um, 
push on any sort of diet or nutrition as far as those types of things go. Um, so I follow people online and I still take it all, you know, I'm not as Bible, I guess is what I call it, is that it doesn't have to yeah. be this. Um, it's, I don't even find it really as being a diet. I find it as just being a schedule of the time that I'm eating. And so and when I don't eat and my understanding is that it's really good at, you know, uh, managing your hormones and inflammation and things like that, which is a big um, part of, you know, breast cancer and trying to keep yeah. it under control um, from my understanding. And so that's kind of where I went with it. Um, it does help me keep within my struggle with it at first was not maybe still not eating maybe enough um, calories because I wouldn't I wasn't feeling hungry after I'd eat after I broke my fast I wouldn't feel hungry um, and so then I wouldn't eat you know again for some hours and then I felt like at the end of the day I was like rushing to try and get enough calories in there um, so I did struggle with that for like a month maybe and then I figured that out and so I've been pretty successful at that I've been doing that since last June so coming up on a year now um, and that is so talk to additional my additional weight after I did plateau so all right, so that's what helped you with the plateau. And sixteen eight is sixteen hours not eating. Yes. Is it? And so, what time do you eat? And um, I break my how- fast at eleven, um, and then I just don't eat after seven. I mean, that just and works for my work schedule. Because I know a lot yeah. of other people who do the the IT that they um or the I'm sorry the IF they don't um. It just depends on their work day. You know, they may break their fast earlier in the day, but they stop eating earlier in the day. Um, but I, my work day doesn't start until 8 a.m. And so for me, I don't have a super early start. And so for me, the 11 o'clock works. Um, I drink water during that time. I drink ginger tea during that time. Um, and I don't feel hungry. I think I'm just used to it. And then I break my fast at 11. What about coffee? I'm sure there's people listening like, but I have to have my coffee before I yeah. work out or this or that. Can you do coffee, black, coffee tea? Coffee, but I don't drink coffee. I never have. So I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, I never really was a tea drinker either until after I started this. So that was another way of me adding in, you know, herbs and things like that. So I do drink tea and I usually do it, do drink it. It's mainly ginger and there's no calories or anything in that. You can drink up to, I think, 50 calories during your fast and it won't affect your, it won't break your fast. Um, but if you do more than that, then you're, initi- you're, you're breaking your fast. Um so I don't break and it how, early. How do you feel in terms of, okay, whatever time you wake up, in between the 11 o'clock, could you, can you work out? Can you take a walk? Do you find that you've got the energy even with intermittent fasting? I do, actually. Um, I, I do a lot of my um, exercising um, fasting. Now, I just recently started adding in some weights. And so with that being said, adding in the weights... Um, I try to do that more so on the weekends and I do it. I don't do it when, as soon as I get up. So I'll usually go ahead and eat before I'm going to do any weights um, because I feel like I do need more energy to do yeah. the weights. And I also do cardio before I do my weights. Um, and so I'll, if I'm just doing cardio that I can do it fasted, but if I'm going to add in these weights, which I have been adding in some weights, um, they're not super heavy weights at all. I mean, I'm just really getting started the past couple of months, but I have found that I do need um, to eat. So I will move it. And I've been just doing it a couple of days a week and I move it to the weekend so that I can do it after I've eaten. Okay. That, that makes sense. And 
again, I think I keep hearing you say like, this is what worked for you for other people that might want to try it. They've got to figure out what works within their schedule, which obviously makes a lot of sense as well. Now, how is your family in support or not support of this? Are they also active, eating plant-based, and intermittent fasting? I wish. (laughs) (laughs) So my husband's actually very open to trying like all the recipe stuff that I've, you know, kind of been starting and trying. He and he'll drink the smoothies. My nine-year-old will drink the smoothies. Um... The two teenagers, have, they are actually very um, athletic. They play basketball, um, but they are kind of stuck on the how we've always kind of eaten. Now they do eat their vegetables. Mostly they're more into the salads than they are um, just piling the veggies within like a salad, like a fresh, fresh raw base vegetables, other than it being um, like the sauteed veggie, veggies that I love to eat with like rice and beans and stuff like that. They'd rather have, you know, um, like a salad. And that's okay. I said, as long as you're getting the veggies in, I'm happy with that too. Um, but yeah, they're very active. The nine-year-old goes with me when I, when we, when the weather's nice and I'm doing the, you know, our two mile walk, he'll get on his bike and I'll walk. So that's how I get him out and active. Cause he doesn't play any sports right now or anything like that. Um, just due to the whole COVID, but the, my older two did start back, but they've played since they were just little, little guys. Okay. I never thought about having my son come on the walks with me. Occasionally we'll take the dog, but that's great. I actually said to him that maybe we should start running this summer together. And the only thing is, is like running was, has never been my favorite activity. (laughs) And so you know, I'm not sure if he's going to want to wake up and go running and then me, but I am, um, I love that maybe he gets on his bike and I walk, run. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious for the listeners out there and, and you know, please, <laughs> you know, you can contact me at, at pretty wellness on Instagram. I want to know what people do. Do they exercise with their kids? Because I, I would think it's motivation for both of us, right? Yeah. Uh, or both of you, but it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like they're They've been pretty supportive. Oh, yeah. What advice would you give to people that want to make these lifestyle changes? And again, I know that you're not you're not coming from this you know highly credentialed med school um, background. You're coming from a person who needed, in your opinion, to make these changes, and it's helped with your health. So, what advice would you give people? I honestly, my advice is to just start. Um, don't doubt yourself because I think that was my main thing throughout life. Is oh, it's going to be so hard to work out or I don't have time. Well, you do have time. You know, anytime you pick up your phone and you're on Instagram or social media and um, reviewing other people's lifestyles, I would look at other fitness people and I'd say their workouts and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this. And it just sits there. So just do it. Like, you know, just start small. Start with, okay, I'm going to get up every hour and go up and down my stairs, even if you're working from home. Sometimes I literally do that. I go up and down my stairs 20 times. Like, just to say I'm getting my steps in. And when the weather's nice, then I'll walk around my block every time it buzzes. Like I've just added in those small steps and then your body's going to start feeling so much better. It's going to feel so good and your bones are going to feel better. And you're going to say, oh, like my body now craves this. And so those small changes do lead to big changes. And I still have lots of goals. Like you said, I'm not a fitness expert by any means. I follow other people and try to fit, take what they're doing and fit it into my lifestyle and my wellness journey to see what I like. That's why I'm just now starting with weights. And everybody's like, oh, no, you really should have started with weights right away with your cardio because, you know, I lost a lot of weight and I I honestly just got saggy everywhere. And so I'm like, oh, I don't like that look either. So that's why I was like, okay, I need to start adding in more exercises and adding in some um, fitness. I use the bands. Um, 
And, you know, now I'm adding in some weights and stuff like that because I want to, and I've already started to see a little bit, it takes a lot of time, but after the, the three months I've been adding in some weights and other exercises and stuff, I've been seeing a little bit of difference and feeling some more strength. And that's what I'm trying to gain right now. So I'd say, you know, just to start, like start with that, start with getting fresh veggies and replacing maybe, you know, your French fries and get a salad instead. I'm, I'm not the one to say, don't have that because I was doing that to myself. And even though I don't eat fast food, my kids eat fast food and sometimes I'll go and we love Chick-fil-A. So I'm like, you know what, if I feel it, then I do my mindful eating and I'm saying, I'm going to mindfully eat these chicken nuggets today, you know, and I don't do it often by any means, but I just also feel like that's what, that was one of my favorite things. And so if I have six chicken nuggets, um, in eight weeks, then I had those chicken nuggets. Um, but it made me happy at the time. So I had it, but maybe I don't have the French fries. So it's those types of things where I don't have, I don't drink the sugar soda. I'll have unsweet tea. If you know, those are the choices, just make the small changes and you'll start to see once you start seeing the results and it just, it's so exciting. Like I never would have thought that I would have lost over 50 pounds um, in the span of a year um, by just making these small changes. I haven't really done anything. The drastic part that I did, I've already kind of reversed back, but I do live by the 80-20 balance. And that's what I said. If I, if I eat the chicken nuggets, I eat the chicken nuggets today. It made me happy. And I move on. I go back the next day. I'm eating my my oatmeal with my peanut butter, my organic peanut butter, my chia seeds and my raw honey or, you know, or my berries. And I'm just going with whatever I'm already used to doing. And I just yeah. make sure that I get back to it. So if you slip, you just make sure you pick yourself back up and say, OK, start again tomorrow. And that's kind of where, I, how, where I've been at with it. Um, and I feel good about it. I love the passion that you have and the excitement you have in your voice too. And it, it's truly, you've made these changes and you, it sounds like who, you, a lot of us were disbelievers before that we could really not just look better. I mean, 50 pounds is huge. Like that is a, a huge change, but you also sound like you feel good too. And so whether, especially for those of us that are dealing with a chronic illness, uh, we want to feel better because the medications can make us go you know, not feel so great if we have, in my opinion, if we can have a little bit of control with it and lifestyle changes, we can. And, you know, obviously it takes dedication. It takes time. It takes some focus, but it's doable. And I love hearing your story and how, again, how passionate you are about it. And I am so grateful. You know where I'm going with this. I'm (laughs) those who listen. I am so grateful for, I guess it's Instagram that connected us. I am hoping that you will play the grateful game with me to close out this episode. I would love to. All right. So I love this little game. And for those of you that are new to me, each episode of Happiness to Hardship, the podcast, we close by playing the grateful game. And what it is, is just a simple gratitude practice that my son and I created a few years ago. It literally was us lying in bed, him not wanting me to go because he was just trying to procrastinate. And so I had a gratitude journal and we just, rather than write it down every night, we started talking to each other and a beautiful thing came out of it is that now I truly believe that both of us look throughout the day and find things that we can, that are positive, that we can share with each other most nights because we still do it a lot. And I know in various people that I've talked to that I've interviewed here or or when we've talked about it in social media, you don't have to do it at night. You can have your own gratitude practice any time of day. But why I truly believe 
ingratitude is because it's such a small effort that can really help us change our moods. And no, is it going to change my stage four cancer diagnosis or yours? No, it's not. But it can help us put one foot in front of the other. And there are some days you just really need that. And so I will kick it off. I'll give us each a minute to talk about what we are grateful for and why. So I guess I'll make my first one to be like the big open, of course, I am so grateful for those, uh, the really important things in life, like my health, uh, the medical community, um, and, you know, Eastern medicine as well that has kind of helped me find my way um, to thriving with metastatic breast cancer, to my family, um, my husband and my son very first, as well as, you know, his side of the family, my side of the family um, have been super supportive. So all that, I'm going to, but, but, you know, put that in one bucket because I, that could go on and on and on and on because that's very important to me. Um, But in the day to day, sometimes like, you know, we have bad days and it's hard to find things that'll make us smile. So um, the little things that make me smile, and I was telling you earlier, um, for some reason, it's always for me about drinks, yeah. right? Like I I am, I've, I know I've said it before, but I love, I start every morning out besides my um, warm water and lemon. I started out with uh, the good earth tea. I also, um, I, I love when I just find like new combinations. I do like seltzer. And so while I do try and drink, you know, regular spring water, I will uh, sometimes take a little kombucha, put it in the seltzer. There's this, um, it's, I don't, it's called like root burr, but it's root beer kombucha flavored from GTs. And so I put that in just plain seltzer and I feel like I'm drinking a sugar free, but you know, or non sugar root beer. And you know, back when, when we could make the super long, but you and I could play the, like, what food, you know, what did we used to eat? But now we eat that's different. I loved Diet Dr. Pepper. I haven't had one in almost eight years. And it was like everybody who knew me knew I loved Diet Dr. Pepper. But I found things now that are my substitutes and my plain seltzer with a little bit of kombucha in it is my solution to that. So I guess, like, I just rambled on about my drinks, but that will make me happy. Uh, today I know it well so um, I'll give it a two and I am now going to toss it to you what are you grateful for and why you know I'm grateful for love like to give love receive it Um, I'm grateful for intentional acts of kindness I know a lot of people say random acts but I think that um, intentional acts of kindness have made me smile like even you reaching out and asking me to do this podcast um really made me happy and grateful. And I'm like, that's an intentional act of kindness. Like she wants to hear my story. She wants to share my story. She's interested. And that made me excited. I've received um, strangers, you know, inboxing me and wanting to, you know, to bless me with things. And I'm, that's intentional acts of kindness that um, I'm so grateful for. And I'm so grateful for my tribe of people that I do know, you know, and that love and care about me and that have provided things for me and my family during the difficult time and continue to do so. And not just, you know, um, material things, but um, other things as far as, you know, uh, prayers, you know, recipes, um, things that don't cost anything, researching things and sending me, you know, articles. Some people don't like that. Um, I like it. I'm grateful for it. Um, Just for me to take another look and make my own decisions and, so that's something that I'm very grateful for. I'm very grateful for my mindset change to not be neglectful to my body, to myself. Um, that's I'm extremely grateful for that because being neglecting yourself is 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 an awful feeling. And I think sometimes 
um, we just feel as though, you know, um, well, why should we do it? And I know we kind of talked about that already. So for me to make that, have that mindset change and to be able to refocus and, and to lead this life. And it sucks that it took metastatic breast cancer for me to say, Hey, Nadiva, take care of yourself, girl, you can do it. Um, but it, unfortunately that is what it took. And I, I still plan to be here for a very long time. Um, and I plan to continue on this journey with my wellness. And so my mindset change is, um, very, um, very important to me. I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, I think that's well, where I'm, and of course, like you said, all of the things as far as your support system and family, all of that for me is, is a big deal. My husband and my son's love. And for my 15 year old to say, Hey mom, I'm proud of you. Every time he sees me on the treadmill, oh, you know, it makes me I, just keep going. And so I'm grateful for them. 100, 1000%. Well, I am, you know, I, I will wrap it up with, I am so thankful. I'm so grateful. I really appreciate you coming on to share your story. And I know, you know, as we kind of laughed about this is, you know, it, it's, it's easier for me. I'm used to having a microphone and, and having this platform for me to go out and tell my story. And the other thing is, is that we, we all as people have so many stories that make us up. Like this doesn't have to be just a cancer story. It's not, it really is. Yes. You and I have a cancer story, but it doesn't define us. And whatever hardship, for those of you that are listening out there, whatever you're going through, it does not have to define you. And yes, there will be times in life that whatever it might be, might be more daunting, might be take up more of your day to day. But at some point there will be, as people are using this a lot now, a new normal in it all. And which is why I, um, I really felt passionate about starting this podcast to share with people that you can find, as I title it, happiness through hardship. You can find ways to take care of yourself. Whatever journey you're in in life, there are little ways that you can find some joy. And that is what I hope that this is brought to you, both this episode here today, which I know has put a big smile on my face, uh, as well as the other episodes that we've had this past year. So thank you to the listeners for being here. Thank you to Nadiva for sharing your story. I've had a great time and I really appreciate I it. I had a great time too. Thank you so much. And like you said, hopefully we can connect again in the future. Um, and I, I really do appreciate it. And I really am grateful for you and for your page and for bringing this um, out into the community for people to be able to listen um, to different stories and, and to understand um, where other people are coming from in their life hardships. So thank you so much. Well, you are very welcome. And listen, I hope that we're all having, even though that these are some heavy topics at times, um, I hope that people are having a little bit of fun with it too, or at least found a way to smile through it all. So again, I am so grateful for all of you for being here today. I, I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, connect with me if you have questions or topic ideas. You know that you can reach out at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. And I'm sending you all big virtual hugs. So bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now, my parting words. As Nadiva said, just start. 
wherever you are in life, taking a small step eventually can lead to the changes that you may be seeking. There is so much support for lifestyle changes right now, starting with your doctor or even seeking out a natural practitioner that can help. And by the way, those are often covered by insurance. So I would first start there. However, there are also plenty of other ways to get support, whether they're life coaches or health coaches, or then there's people like me that are just out there that want to inspire you to try new healthy habits and see if they will fit your lifestyle. Now, if you're looking for simple recipes or checklists or inspirational stories, I've got them for you. Go to prettywellness.com or prettywellness.com backslash freebies will give you some of the free stuff you might be looking for. Now, thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.